This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. And Jim, you know how people in Guelph, Ontario are always talking about how their city is better than all the other cities? People in Guelph, yeah. Those Guelph people. Mm. Yeah, hey, you can drive anywhere in an hour from Guelph. Is the location's the best? Their city's so beautiful. Blah blah blah. Well, then, how do you explain the machete wielding clowns, Guelph? What? Huh? You're so great. What's with the machete wielding clowns? Story took place on Friday. Guelph police were called at two thirty. Friday morning to a business caller indicated that a man wearing a clown mask and carrying a machete had dragged another man out of the business. What? The man who wasn't the clown was able to break free and escape. Police say then the clown hopped on a bicycle and tried to ride off with the machete sticking out of his backpack. <laughs> a really tiny bicycle. That's exactly, exactly what I was picturing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they're catching up. Yeah. <laughs> Try to get me now, coppers. <laughs> Witness says the clown eventually realized that he was a little conspicuous and he threw away the machete, but it was too late. Officers chased him down, made the arrest. In their investigation, they found that uh, the reason behind this was a drug dispute. And when they searched the clown's backpack, they found fentanyl, drug paraphernalia, stolen debit card, and driver's license. Like, they kept reaching into this backpack, and stuff kept coming out. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a clown car of backpacks. A fentanyl clown car. (laughs) There's more in here? This is a, another a, a super long bong, like that's way too long. Yeah, it's like 18 <laughs> feet long and there's no end. <laughs> Guelph police have arrested and charged 36-year-old Bobo Bojangles. <laughs> no, his name wasn't released, but a 36-year-old Guelph man is facing several charges. If you are in the Guelph area, watch out for machete-wielding clowns. At the end of last week... We were were talking about the tragic accident on the set of the film Rust with Alec Baldwin, where he accidentally killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins in uh, New Mexico. Also, uh, the director of the film was injured. Um, how could this happen? What the heck went wrong? The big questions. Well, we have the 911 call that was made from the set. It was released over the weekend. Let's have a listen. It's pretty intense, just a warning. Santa Fe Fire and EMS wants a location of emergency. Bonanza Creek Ranch has had two people accidentally shot on a movie set by a prop gun. We need help immediately. Bonanza Creek Ranch, come on. So was it loaded with a real bullet or one? I I cannot tell you that. Okay. We're getting them out there already. Just stay on the phone with me. Thank you. Okay. I just that yelled at me at lunch because asking about revision. Did you see him when y'all put my table and yell at me? He's supposed to check the gun. He's responsible for what's happening. Are you now, Mimi? No, no, no. I'm a script supervisor. How, I ran how many getting, people were injured? Two. We were rehearsing and it went off. We all ran out. They were doubled over. The camera woman and the direct and the director. Is there any serious bleeding? I don't know. I ran out of the building. Hello. Are they completely alert? Um, yeah, they, they are alert. 
What part of the body was injured? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not in there. Okay, uh, that's fine. Is there more than one wound? I think there's one on, on, on two individuals. One wound on two individuals? Oh, we do have a, a medic on set. Okay. Help us on the way, okay? If you get more okay. information or if anything gets worse in any way, call us back for further instructions. Oh, my God. Imagine the shock you'd be in. Oh, yeah. It looks like everybody's uh, like confused. Like Nobody really knows what's really happening. People ran out of there when it happened, so it's all like uh, chaos. No, you heard uh, the, the woman there who said she was the script supervisor on set say that she was yelled at by somebody who was supposed to be checking the, the guns. Uh, the story is that Dave Halls, who was the assistant director on the film... He was the one who handed the gun to Alec moments before the shooting and yelled out, cold gun. And when you yell cold gun on a set, it's supposed to mean there's no cartridges, including blanks, inside the gun, the firearm. If you say hot gun, it indicates the weapon is loaded with cartridges, either live ammunition or blanks. However, the gun had live rounds in it. No, not blanks. It was a fully loaded gun from all reports. Um, these are gunpowder. Hold on. They're gunpowder charges that produce a flash and a bang, but no projectile. Hmm. See, I was confused when I was seeing... Right, so it had live rounds in it. It had, so it had bullets in the gun. Live. No, no, it had... The, the blanks are the are the ones that j don't have a projectile. Okay, and, okay. And we were talking about the, the accident that happened on the set of The Crow back in the 90s. Now, that's a different story. They had the blanks in the gun, but there was some debris lodged in the gun that was shot out when the, the, the blank was fired, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was a different situation, but from all accounts, it sounds like this was a fully loaded gun that Alec Baldwin shot towards the camera, yeah. hitting the cinematographer and the director. I keep reading about uh, an, uh, a young armorer, is what they call a person who has the guns on set, and usually it's their responsibility to switch the ammo, whatever it is, but the fact that, and they, I guess, were pretty new at this. In fact, like a year ago on a podcast, they said... They their for their first movie, which was last year, they felt like they weren't ready for their first movie, but they did it anyway. So this, so this is would the, have been their this is the person movie. who was working on the set. Yes, and it was a young like lady in her twenties, uh, who I guess is just starting out in the industry. And so, wow. whether it's her fault or the AD's fault, I don't understand why there would be live bullets anywhere near a Hollywood movie set. It makes no sense to me. Especially in this day and age where with editing in post and computers, you can make it look like any gun is firing whatever you want it to fire. Of course. However big you want the bang, however big you want the puff of smoke, you can do that stuff on a computer for any Hollywood movie, but it, it just goes to show human error. Like It, it almost sounds like it's it, surprising this doesn't happen more often. Like You think of a movie like John Wick and the number of times a weapon is fired in John Wick and all it takes is one person to have an off day and a gun to be passed to the actor. You know, it's, it's some big reform is being talked about in Hollywood when it comes to how uh, weapons are handled on sets of movies after this accident. Alec Baldwin, clearly distraught, he met with, uh, with Helena Hutchins' uh, son and husband and had breakfast with them on the weekend. You can imagine that would be a very emotional meeting. Yeah, I think it's going to get worse for Alec Baldwin 
two, I feel bad for him, but the, now these stories are coming out that there was misfires. Two other misfires that happened on set. Crew had walked off the set, apparently, because they felt that the conditions were dangerous. And Alec Baldwin is a producer, so as bad as I feel for him, it sounds like this was a an absolute mess of a film production that an accident was bound to happen in. Baldwin is canceling all other upcoming projects. Sources say he's looking to take some time for himself to recenter. When do you carve your, your pumpkins? That's another thing my son is asking me about. Daddy, when can we make the jack-o'-lanterns? I think you were supposed to do it this last weekend. You can leave them sitting out there for a week, no problem. I think so, yeah, yeah. So today, good activity, carving the jack-o'-lanterns. Thanks to a friend who gave a, a tip. Don't use a candle, put a glow stick in there. Mmm, that's not bad. You could choose what color you want that thing to light up ah, as. You could do like a whole rainbow of faces. I also saw another good one, and it's like, I really don't like scooping the guts out. Worst. I, yeah, yeah. There was a... Uh, I, so- I will physically gag while doing that. I don't know what it is. I don't know what happened with, yeah. with pumpkin guts when I was young, but I have like... it. it it has always bugged me to put my hand in there. Yeah. I think I went to a haunted house or something where they made you, you're blindfolded and they're like, okay, put your hand in here. It's the brains. Sure. And then you're feeling be... brains. And I was, and, and I found out later it was pumpkin guts. <laughs> and ever since, I, when I put my hand in, I, I think I'm feeling human brains. Oh, that's the same reason you can't eat spaghetti with grapes in it because it's eyeballs, right? <laughs> Taz could never order spaghetti and grapes at a restaurant. <laughs> Peeled grapes. You got to peel yeah, the grapes if you want them to feel more eyeball-y. <laughs> but the other tip I saw was use an egg beater. So you get the egg beater in the top of the jack-o'-lantern so it like gets all the guts like mixed up first and then you reach and just pull it all out together. Instead of like s- grabbing at the strings and the sinew inside, it's like it does all the hard work for you. But you still have to put your hand in. You still do, yeah, yeah. But it's a it's a quicker process. Hey, if they can make a um, a watermelon without seeds in it, if they can genetically modify watermelons so they no longer have seeds, can they not genetically modify pumpkins by this point so they don't have guts? Hollow pumpkins? Hollow already hollow? GMO hollow pumpkins? They must be able to do that. Sure, you're not going to be able to roast pumpkin seeds, but as long as you advertise, these are the gutless ones. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know science enough, but I'm somebody better get on it, Asa. Yeah. All right. On the weekend, I was hanging out with some friends, and one of the, the, the buddies I was with had just gotten back from celebrating his anniversary in Niagara Falls. Right on. Him and his wife went there. You know, as you do, you get the hotel room, you, you have a nice evening, and then you, you rekindle your, yourselves with each other. Ideally. Yeah. You rekindle that flame, right? So that's what they had planned. They were going out for dinner, but before they left the hotel, they decided uh, one of these couples who enjoys uh, incorporating a gadget or two into their uh, boudoir time. Okay. I'm trying to keep this as family friendly as possible. But they got some gizmos and gadgets, toys, if you will. that they like to use. So before they left for dinner, they laid all these things out on the bed. All these things? Okay. Uh From from the story I was told, there was a number of them. I didn't ask for the specifics. 
because I got the gist, and hopefully you have it as well. <laughs> um, so they lay all this stuff out on the bed. They go for dinner. They arrive back from dinner, and they notice a bottle of wine and two glasses on the, uh, the sideboard, the nightstand there. <laughs> that wasn't there when they left. Huh. So one of their friends or a family member called the hotel knowing they were there celebrating their their anniversary and said, could you please send a bottle of wine up to this room on us, leave a little note with a couple glasses of wine. Um, There is no way whoever put that bottle of wine in that hotel room did not see all the gizmos and gadgets laid out on the bed. I hope they reported back to mom or whoever (laughs) called. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. Could have been worse for sure. Yeah, it could have been a relative, right. you know, I don't know if they give you hotel keys if you could prove, but well, yeah, yeah. They weren't in there using them at the time, so. That too, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But they're like, oh, I wish I knew, like, uh, we felt we gave housekeeping a big tip in case it was a housekeeper, or, you know, because then they know what they're cleaning up after, too, if oh, it's a housekeeper, yeah. that's no good. Going back with the hazmat suit after that one, for sure. <laughs> I like that the, this couple could not wait, couldn't spare a minute and a half after getting back from the restaurant. They had to have everything laid down like they were about to do surgery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good for them. Yeah, you got to unpack it before you pack it again, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Ready to go. Hmm. You know, we're going to have a nice steak dinner, and then, honey, the second we're back in that room, flip the on switches. <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming some of these would have taken batteries. I don't yeah, know. I'm Again, some needed Wi-Fi. It sounded pretty intense. So Wi-Fi. Hi, front desk. What's the Wi-Fi code? We're, <laughs> we're having trouble connecting here. Our sex robot refuses to log on. <laughs> Happy anniversary. You know who you are. They asked me to leave their names out of it, but if you're listening, you know who you are, and it sounds like you did have a very... Happy anniversary. Talking about uh, friends of mine celebrating their anniversary in Niagara Falls at a hotel on the weekend. Before they went out for dinner, they laid out all of their, their pleasure toys on the bed so they could get right at it when they got back to the room. Somebody sent a bottle of wine up while they were gone. So clearly the staff at the hotel saw what was laying out on the bed and they were a little embarrassed by that. We're asking you if you can top that story. You ever have an embarrassing uh, hotel incident happen to you? Hey, Taz and Jim, who's this? Hey, it's Terry. How are you? Good, Terry. What's going on? You just uh, were asking about hotel stories? Yeah. Yeah, I worked at the Banff Springs Hotel in Banff, Alberta. and I had Beautiful clean- hotel. I've been there. Yes, and um, I cleaned, uh, I guess it was like the honeymoon suite. And there was chocolate pudding in the jacuzzi tub. But I mean, mountains of chocolate pudding I had to clean out of that tub. (laughs) I hope you made sure it was, in fact, chocolate pudding before you started cleaning. Well, yes. Well, I don't know how I would tell, but it it looked like chocolate pudding. It was gross, and it took me an hour and a half. Oh, boy. So do you think they filled the entire tub with pudding? Uh, Absolutely. I don't know where they got it all. Yeah, where do you, you almost need like a pump, a pump truck, a pudding pump truck to get that thing full. It was really gross. Because if you're scooping it in there one snack pack at a time, it's going to take you forever. (laughs) Yeah, it was, uh, there was a good three inches of chocolate pudding in this tub. (laughs) 
I would have quit on the spot. You're a good employee. Jim, you getting some ideas for the honeymoon oh, or what, buddy? Yeah, but I'm a vanilla pudding guy myself. <laughs> we have a, another story. This was not a hotel, embarrassing hotel story, but it's kind of in line with what we're talking about here. Yeah, Jim. somebody finding something that's hard to explain. Um, uh, Chris says, I play in a Celtic rock band, and part of our rider has an inflatable sheep. Just one of those things we put in to ensure that venues read the whole rider. So anyway, we do a month-long tour, and on our way home, Border Guard asks us to pop the trunk. We do, and there's a bunch of inflatable sheep sex dolls right there. Poor Border Agent had no idea what to say, and we were killing ourselves laughing. (laughs) Is the only inflatable sheep you can find a sex doll? Why does that even exist? You know what they say, Jim. What? About inflatable sex doll sheep. What? They're a gateway to having sex with real sheep. <laughs> yeah, I would assume so. I don't know why they'd even sell those things. Yes. It, it, a joke, I hope. It, it must be a joke, but you know, you know, behind every joke, there's some truth. I And the problem with this story, Chris, is I don't know if I believe you 100%. How do I know this this whole rider thing is not just an excuse you've made up because you, all your friends know you got caught with a trunk full of inflatable sex toy sheep at the border? Oh, for sure. I think the whole band is a facade. He got caught with a kilt on one day in the old pasture. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm going to get ready for, for I'm gonna Celtic I'm band. I'm a Celtic band. That's, <laughs> that's why I got my, my kilt on out here with all these sheep. You know. Yeah, we don't wear anything underneath them. Yeah, that's the reason I don't have any underwear on. It's my band. <laughs> I want to see you peacock, cock, cock, you peacock, cock, you peacock, cock, It's time for sports peacock, with Taz and Jim and peacock, Devin Peacock, our sports guy from Global News Radio. And Dev, we got to give a kudos to uh, one of our Canadian Olympians in the Taz and Jim listening area. Maggie McNeil has been named best female athlete of Tokyo 2020 by the Association of National Olympic Committee. This is a relatively new award. This really started uh, back in uh, 2014. And this is something that happens after the Olympics, of course. But all the National Olympic Committees come together and hand out some specific uh, awards uh, just to uh, just further uh, showcase the athletes who participated and uh, Maggie McNeil taking home one of the biggest awards as the uh, best female, and it's well-deserved. She won four different medals over the summer, including Canada's first gold medal, and uh, she will be an athlete that everyone's going to be watching in 2024. One heck of a swimmer. Congratulations to Maggie. Hey, uh, you must be feeling great that the cheating Astros are headed to the World Series. I'll feel even better if the Atlanta Braves can beat those cheating Astros in the World Series. The uh, World Series will be the Braves and the Astros. The Astros are now in the World Series for the third time in five years, much to the chagrin of everybody. Uh, They don't appear to be doing it uh, via cheating this time. We'll see if that's actually the case (laughs) because the cheating scandal came out years after the fact. Uh, but I did like seeing the Boston Red Sox lose. It was just uh, unfortunate they had to lose to the Houston Astros because not a fan of either. So I am firmly in the uh, Atlanta camp to try and uh, pull this one out. <laughs> Jim, you went and saw another movie on the weekend. I did, yeah. I saw Dune. And did you like it? I thought it was good. 
Um, but just a warning to anybody else who's going to see Dune, I didn't realize it's a two-parter. So this is the first part of two parts of the first Dune installment book. I don't know, like the first book is is in this, the first half of the first book is this movie. You felt like it, it. you only got half a movie. It was definitely half a movie. It didn't, the story wasn't close to being resolved, but like, no, that's fine. I get it. How it's, long was it? Over, I would say two and a half hours oh, at least. Okay. But nowhere on the poster did it say Dune Part One or Dune The New Beginning or whatever for these movies that are usually split up into two parts. Like, I thought there was no indication that you weren't getting a complete story when you went to see the film. Yeah, I may not have seen it if I knew I had to get half emotionally invested in a plot and wait two more years until this. Second part comes out. So. Did it work though? Are you emotionally invested? Eh. Like when Dune Part Two comes out, will you still care enough to go see it? Meh. I guess I will, but like I'm not. I'm not. You know, I can't wait to see Dune Part Two. How does this? I've never read the book. I don't. I don't have a soft spot for it or anything like that. It was good, but I was just kind of like, oh. Well, that's kind of disappointing. How did you feel at the end of Back to the Future? Because that's the first one I can remember. They're, them actually saying to be continued at the end of the film. But there was also a resolution. Yeah. You know, there was this a beginning, a middle, and an end to that story. And then they said to be continued because they knew that they were going to make a ton of money and they had to make a couple sequels. Yeah, as a kid, didn't really care. You know, a lot of things were to be continued. And, you know, as a kid, it, it didn't really matter if you saw the second half. Um, but, yeah, there you got... A, a, like the bad guy got his comeuppance at the end of you know Biff got you know yeah he got what, punched he got, in the face yeah by yeah and there was like a there was like a resolution there was like a hero's journey with a something at the but end Dune just ends halfway you feel like you're in the middle of the story and it's just done yeah basically. roll credits yeah yeah hmm. how did the sandworms did we at least get to see some sandworms yeah this? yeah yeah they you know the memes are right about the sandworms they look like they look like buttholes it, there's no two ways about it a little like peepees too <laughs> yeah it's like if you merged the two if it was a hybrid it's a peepee butthole of nether monster. regions yeah and even with that visual it wasn't worth <laughs> <laughs> I'm not he saying disappointed. He wanted to see another two hours of that. Yeah, and just that. <laughs> uh, sad news breaking on the weekend. Peter Scolari from the television show New Heart, Bosom Buddies. He also was on Girls, the Lena Dunham show on HBO. More recently, he passed away. He had been battling cancer for a while, apparently. Are, are you familiar with uh, Peter Scolari? Did you ever? Probably ahead of your time, Bosom Buddies, Jim. Do you know about is, that show? Are you show? pronouncing that right? Bosom? Is it bo- like Bosom Buddy? Or is it, there, is it a pun? No, okay. Bosom Buddies. <laughs> you like, say Bosom, I say Bosom or Bosom Yeah, I don't, I've never heard it pronounced. But that, that was Tom Hanks, right? If I'm not mistaken. Wasn't he in Bosom Buddies? Bosom Buddies? <laughs> no, I'm, now I'm overcompensating. Wasn't he in Bosom Buddies, Tom Hanks? B-O-S-O-M. Bosom buddies. Bosom buddies. That <laughs> Those are like old good. drinking pals. I love that. Um, I think the joke was because they, they couldn't afford rent in New York. The premise of the show, something that you probably couldn't get away with uh, this premise as freely nowadays, but they uh, pretended to be women so they could get cheap rent in a all-women's residence. Mm, like a movie I watched in college called Sorority Boys. Probably very yeah. similar. Yeah. 
And they had two characters, Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari would be <laughs> in drag looking totally like two men wearing dresses, <laughs> right? They looked, but then they would be themselves as well. And the women couldn't tell the difference. They thought they were their sisters when they're. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, oh yeah, kind of like a classic, like a Mrs. Doubtfire. You know those kind of awkward situations yeah, yeah. they find themselves in. And you know then he's and there's going to be a scene where he's for the top half a lady and the bottom half a dude or something. <laughs> Anyways, again, in 2021, a much more difficult premise to get away with. But uh, it was a big show back in the uh, I gotta say late 70s, early 80s. Hmm. And uh, and he has passed away. Also, some other sad celebrity news. Gunther from Friends has died as well. Uh, we, we knew he was sick during the Friends reunion. They had Gunther uh, talk to the cast, but it was like on a Zoom call. He wasn't at the reunion in person. And it was revealed then that he had been sick for a while, uh, battling cancer as well. Now, the Friends cast has tweeted out um, condolences and, and tweeted out what a big part of the show Gunther was, but he has passed away here. And he was. He, he started out, he's one of those guys, I think he was supposed to have one line on the show, and he just did a great job, and they're like, you know what? You're on the show now. Yeah. We're going to keep you around. He's one of those, like, perfect casting moments, you know what I mean? Just something, about, like, he is Gunther, you know? He's like a totally believable version of that character. Actor's name was James Michael Tyler, and he's passed away. And here's a little walk down memory lane with old Gun- Gunther at Central Perk. So, uh, what do you do when you're not working here? You don't need to fill these silences. Oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> no! No, you can't go! Listen, if you want to go, just go. No, she'll yell at me again. <laughs> do you, uh, have you seen Chandler? I thought you were Chandler. <laughs> Um, what if he's over there? Rest in peace, James Michael Tyler Gunther from Friends has passed away at age 59. It's time for sports. We're joined by Devin Peacock, our sports guy from Global News Radio. Some storylines in the NFL over the weekend you want to talk about, Dev. First, we've got to mention your Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady becoming the first quarterback to get to 600 career uh, touchdowns. Quite the accomplishment. Tom Brady is going to set three different records this year based on age gap between him and rookie quarterbacks. With over 22 years between him and some of these quarterbacks, including Justin Fields, who the Bucks uh, beat uh, yesterday when they played the Chicago Bears, who look absolutely terrible. Coaching, to me, is one of the big issues with uh, the Bears right now. Uh, there was one play, if you saw the game yesterday, Justin Fields threw an interception. He did a, a quick snap, and he was told to do the quick snap because the coaches told him there were 12 players on the field for the Bucks, so he thought he had a free play. The coaches were wrong, and there was an interception. <laughs> there was also a story that came out after the game about how uh, Justin Fields thought he'd have one uh, right tackle playing on the line yesterday. Turns out that guy had COVID, and the team was yeah. kind of slow to recognize. And so they had a backup in, and the backup didn't quite know. So the coaches don't seem to be quite on on the ball here. Hey, a team that was dealing with a big mess seems to be doing okay, though, the Raiders. Yeah, the uh, 
the Las Vegas Raiders are now 2-0 and since uh, John Gruden resigned. I think John Gruden might have been part of the issue with their recent struggles. The, the game before the Gruden resigned, the Raiders looked absolutely terrible. And the game after he resigned, they looked much looser and much better. And that continued on Sunday. So uh, they don't seem to miss John Gruden whatsoever. Hey, what's going on with Baker Mayfield? I, I forgot to uh, set my fantasy lineup on Thursday. And the next day I look, he's my quarterback. He didn't, he didn't play. He's hurt. Yeah, no, he thought he could play. Uh, uh, the coaching staff and the training staff uh, had a different opinion entirely. He's going to need off-season surgery, most likely, to repair his shoulder. Uh, but, yeah, no, he did not play on Thursday, <laughs> which uh, is something uh, I guess is better to, to recognize on Wednesday as opposed to Sunday. <laughs> or Monday. Or uh, Monday. Yeah. Tonight we got the Saints and the Seahawks in the Monday nighter. What do you think of that matchup? This, uh, I think this could be a good one. Uh, based on the way the Seahawks played without Russell Wilson last week, maybe an extra week uh, gives uh, Geno Smith a little bit more comfort in the pocket. But I really like the Saints in this one. Kickoff 8-15 tonight. Thanks, Dev. We can trick-or-treat this year. Things kind of settled down a little bit so you don't have to freak out. Yeah, that's good. They did. They don't say, have to wear a mask over your mask, do you? No, I don't think so. But they did say that kids aren't allowed to yell. <laughs> they aren't allowed to yell <laughs> trick or treat, so they might have to sign language it. I don't know. <laughs> Little sign? Yeah. Trick on one hand, treat on the other. Like, which one is it? Yeah. The popsicle sticks? Uh, I, um, I'm out of uh, trick or treat Halloween candy. Jim. Shut up. So you had it for what, three days? Uh, no, I probably six days it lasted. A hundred, yeah, it was six days. We had a hundred uh, little chocolate bars, Reese's Pieces, uh, peanut butter cups, hmm. the cookies and cream, and O. Henry's. Oh, dear. And yeah. who was the hungriest one in the fam? Uh, all accusations pointing towards dad. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to argue that my wife ate, and she's like, okay, maybe I had 5% of it. The kids ate some of it, Mm -hmm. but it's not like they could even take it to school. We didn't think of that one either, because peanut butter, you can't send it in the kids' lunches. Oh, okay. That was another point my wife brought up when she was presenting her case that I ate the majority of the chocolate. (laughs) You know what's funny, though? You can, like, when you're eating Halloween candy that you bought, it's almost like you're in a time warp, and you're, like, watching TV, and you're like, oh, I'll have one more, and then you're, like, not looking at the box or anything like that, and then the show's over, you look down, you go to clean up, and there's 40 wrappers, and you go, when did I? No, I swear I only had seven. Yeah, but if you went to the convenience store and you bought two full-size chocolate bars and ate those back-to-back, you'd feel terrible. But for whatever reason, you can eat 40 of those little things, and it's like you haven't had anything. Yeah, it's the old boiling the frog thing, because it's a gradual process. Yeah, well, I got a gradual process going on (laughs) around my waist right now. Gradual expanse. (laughs) Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. 
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.